Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well last time i checked this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show. Welcome, folks, to a very special episode of That One Dude 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network here. Folks, if you somehow at this point in time or live under a rock, don't know who this guy's FS1, Chris Broussard, has done so many great things over the years. But more importantly than that, he has something started called the King Movement. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm great, man. It's good to be on with you. I see you got a lot of personality. Uh, it's uh, you'll never see somebody more passionate about football. I, uh, my mom, all the doors were closed here in this apartment, and I was still screaming so loud or not screaming so passionately about football that it woke them up and nearly had the neighbors complain. But uh, it's all good, it's all good. But uh, of course, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Nah, it's my pleasure to be here, man. You're, of course, a man of God, man of faith, and you started something called the Key Movement. I've done some research about this, how it's like empowering young men. What was the goal or what inspired you to start the King Movement? Well, you know, um, when you fall in love with the Lord and he changes your life, you really want to pass that on to other people, you know, and you, you know that the joy and the peace and the stability and the security that he's given you he can give to others. You know that the way he's changed your life for positive and in positive ways that that can help other people. And so you naturally want to spread that goodness around. And so uh, for a burden for me was to help reach men for the Lord. And, um, you know, very concerned just about people in general, families, communities, our country. And uh, I feel like 
for if we strengthen our men and make our men all that God created them to be, then our families, our children, the next generation, our communities, and our country as a whole will be better off. And so that's a lot of the impetus for starting the King movement. King is a national Christian men's movement. We have chapters throughout the country. We have about 16 running right now in various parts of the country. Uh, It's an acronym that stands for Knowledge, Inspiration, and Nurture Through God. And our goal is to strengthen men in their daily walks with Christ so that we live out our faith Monday through Saturday, not just when we're in church on Sundays, but it impacts our marriages, our relationships with our children, our co-workers, uh, our witness in this in society, uh, with our fraternity brothers, whatever it may be, we're representing Christ. And um, if I had to sum it up, I guess, in two words, King would be about brotherhood and discipleship. You know, men need male bonding, just as females need female bonding. Um, You're in the sports. That's one of the greatest things about playing sports was the male bonding that you had with your teammates in the locker room, on the bus, on the plane, wherever it may have been. Uh, Fraternities, gangs, lodges, they all provide male bonding. We want to provide male bonding in Christ in a Christian setting. It doesn't mean that every time we gather, we're always talking about God, but the environment is godly. You're going to be encouraged. You know, there's nothing there that's going to discourage you in your faith or or tempt you to move away from Christ. And so that's what King is all about. And um, so I appreciate you letting me share that and uh, supporting us. I definitely will be uh, supporting. And some of those cities look pretty good, though. But I think, Chris, that's an important thing. Sometimes when we talk about fellowship, it's always talking about God. But sometimes, like you said in the Bible, it's about planting that seed in somebody. It could be just saying one last thing. Or when somebody says something not so nice to you, sometimes the best response that I'm learning in my walk with God is sometimes just not saying anything at all. And it, that is definitely important fellowship and discipleship, but uh, we kind of talk about, I guess, discipleship here, but uh, of course you're a man of God, man of faith in the sports industry. We obviously know, Chris, like God has a plan for all of us. I thought I was working with kids. Thank gosh it's not. But uh, how do you think Christians in the sports world can really make a big impact on people's lives, either on or off camera? Well, obviously off camera, you know, um, you can be a great light. You know, your, your platform if people respect you and admire you uh, as a journalist, as a broadcaster, as an athlete, they're going to want to have you come speak, right? At their church, at their corporation, at their school, wherever it may be. And those are all opportunities to shine for Christ. So if it's in a Christian environment, if it's at a church, you obviously can share your testimony or whatever God puts on your heart. And that can really impact the younger generation or even the older generation. Because I know I became a Christian my senior year in college. And one of the things that really impacted me is as I was being convicted by the Lord and I really was running from the Lord. You know, I didn't want to give my life to Christ, you know. But as I was being convicted and pulled to Jesus, one of the things, a few of the things that helped me was I remember uh, seeing the witness and the example of Charlie Ward, 
who was a Heisman Trophy winner at Florida State as a quarterback. And there was a big story about him in Sports Illustrated. And he talked about his Christian faith. And I was like, wow, this dude's a Christian? You know, that inspired me and moved me. And then the same thing with Evander Holyfield, who obviously was the great heavyweight champion. And him talking about God and, and his love for Christ, that impacted me as well. So seeing men that I admired for their athletic ability, um, that really impacted me. And so I think it's important for us as Christians, particularly those of us in the public eye, but just in general, uh, the world, they need to see that people that they respect and love uh, and follow for various reasons. They respect you them because of their wealth. They respect them because of their intelligence. They respect them because of their education. They respect them because of their excellence in their career, whatever that might be. They respect them because they're a great athlete. Whatever it is, they need to see that people that they respect for those reasons love Jesus. And that is going to be a light and a witness to those people like, wow, he he's this great lawyer and he's awesome and he loves God, you know, and that will move people. So I think that that's important. And then I think publicly, those of us who have a platform, we can't be afraid to stand up for God and his principles. Now, you know, there's a time the Bible says, be wise as serpents and humble as as harmless as doves, right? So it's not, you know, berating people and throwing in the Bible uh, or the gospel where it's not, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, appropriate for that conversation. But when the opportunity presents itself, like the Bible says, when a door is open, be ready to preach in season and out of season, right? So when that door is open, you as a Christian, you need to be ready to walk through it and share what the Lord's done for you, how much you love him, how much you're committed to his teachings or whatever it may be. And so I think those are ways that Christians can really be an example. Couldn't be more right. I think something, and that's why guys like I told you off air, guys like yourself and maybe like another two is that as a guy that I thought about doing this seven years ago, I was like, you know what? There, I feel like there maybe there aren't a lot of Christians or maybe it kind of like you said, maybe some aren't as vocal or maybe some say, Hey, I'm a Christian and guys like you, I could like, I've, I was telling other people the reason why I wanted to get in the industry. Yes, I'm very passionate about sports. It's saying very vocal, like it says in the trailer. But having guys, men of faith, but those are those type of ministries. You never know how God is going to use you folks in any way, shape, or form here. But speaking of really, I guess, say a hot topic, the NBA draft just came, I believe, to a close here. We know how I'm working on getting my NBA knowledge up there because it's not out there where it should be. But uh, who do you think under or performed well or got the guys they needed, but necessarily got overlooked in the draft? Well, look, it's not surprising that the the team with the number one pick would do well. But let's just face it, Detroit needed this, and and who knows? There, we don't know what Kay Cunningham will become. Everyone, including myself, likes him. Uh, he's been compared to Luka Doncic. Um, which is obviously a tremendous comparison. If he can become 
two-thirds of what Luka Doncic is. That's great for the Pistons. Um, but they need a star. You know, Detroit has been a great basketball franchise. Isaiah Thomas, obviously, the legend led them to two championships in the, the 90s or eight, 89 and 90. And then, of course, Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, they won a championship and were a contender every year for, for a good six years or so. And so um, Detroit, it would be great if they could come back and really be a team that's relevant and significant again. And so I think they did a great job in getting Cade Cunningham. It's good for them. They got a good front office, a new front office. Troy Weaver is a very good general manager, came out of Oklahoma City, where obviously they, you know, they built that team up. Um, they're down on hard times now, but, you know, he was there. He was a part of them bringing in Kevin Durant and uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook and developing them. So uh, Detroit, you know, hopefully they'll do well. Houston is another team. They haven't been down as long as the Pistons. But, of course, J J with James Harden leaving there this year, last year, they they are uh, have hit hard times. And getting Jalen Green, who not only looks like he could be a great player, but I like his charisma, man. Um, I don't know him personally. I've not met him. Uh, but he just seems like a character. And I mean that in a good way. Like a guy that's got charisma and a guy that if he can play, he would be a fun star, you know. And um, so he, he has that – seems like he has personality and charisma. So maybe if he can ball, that'll help Houston get back on the right track. They've obviously got a few other good players there, uh, Christian Wood and a few others. So um, maybe things are looking up for the Rockets. And, and let's face it, that's what the draft is about. It's for these teams that are down and out um, to get that hot young player. And, um, you know, New Orleans, it looks like they've done it with Zion. Uh, we'll see if they can start winning here in the next year or two. Um, Memphis did it with Ja Morant. And that's what it's about. So I, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to look at a few of these teams at the top that got potential stars and see if those guys can um, turn those franchises around. Definitely. We can't wait to watch him play in Houston next year. I will admit, though, Chris, if my Cavs traded Colin Sexton, you can maybe say I'm crazy or need to be kicked up off the air. But if my Caleb and Cavaliers – Traded Colin Sexton. I'm disowning him live on air. I I don't I know that he, maybe I'm a little bit crazy here, but I'm so glad, folks. Clinton Cavaliers did not trade Colin Sexton. We've got a comment here from Sammy Sharp. It says Cavs got the hot Mobley slash Garland combo. Um, I would be interested to see how that is. But of course, your thoughts like, do you think that could work next year, or do you think that over time we could maybe see a potential of that duo? Well, look, Mobley, again, he's another one that a lot of people like. He had a great year at USC. And, and what I liked about Mobley, uh, in addition to all his skills, and, and people are talking about he's like a Chris Bosh. You know, uh, if he can become a Chris Bosh, obviously that's great for Cleveland. But he showed, and they didn't win at all, we know. But he went to USC and helped them win. And that's important. And I'm not saying every – you know, great college player does that. You know, Texas didn't have a ton of success. They were good, but they didn't have a ton of success with Kevin Durant. You know, so it's not that every player does that. Uh, but I like that the one year he had at USC, he showed that he can impact winning. 
on both ends of the floor. And so I think that was a good pick for the Cavs. Size still matters. And I know it's become, you know, largely a guard-dominated league. But if you look at Milwaukee, how they win it, they won it with their size. Uh, if you look at Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton played a big role and, and was a key factor in them going as far as they did. So the Lakers won it last year because they were big and they overpowered teams. And I think you may see a resurgence of bigs, you know, becoming a bigger part of the game again. And so uh, if Mobley can become what some people think he can, then obviously that's great for Cleveland. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Sexton. Obviously they've, there's some feeling that he and Garland can't coexist and, and, be that strong together, but getting a big who's going to need his touches, who's going to, you know, presumably play well and maybe become close to a star level player, if not a star, maybe that'll balance things out and it just won't be those two doing everything. And maybe they, they'll be able to work those two together. Definitely makes you nervous more than a kid falling down at six months is the Cleveland Cavaliers organization trying to run Whatever they're trying to do, of course, we won't be respectful of your time here. But my final question, though, is you have Carson Wentz yet again, folks, goes down with an injury. Do you think, Chris, this is a story of once MVP candidate, now injury prone? Or is it more just hopefully? Well, unfortunately, it's not now injury prone. If you look at his history, he's been injury prone his entire career since high school. Uh, and when he was at North Dakota State in 2011, they found a fracture uh, or stress fracture that he had had since he was younger and adolescent. And then since then, it's almost been every year, there's been something. Carson Wentz is a very big time talent. Obviously, in 2017, before he got injured, he was on pace to be the MVP. And uh, so you just hope that he can you know, be healthy. That's my only concern about him. I know he, he fizzled in Philly and I was, I was, I was critical of him in Philly. He didn't play well once he came back for the most part. Um, but I really believe that him going to Indianapolis, reconnecting with Frank Reich, both of them are believers. I'm sure that has something to do with how close they are and their connection. Um, Frank Reich is a great quarterbacks coach, quarterbacks whisperer. And so I thought I really believed that Carson was going to go to Indianapolis and resurrect his career. And they were going to be a very good team this year. Um, but look, this this to for a guy to play an 82 game NBA season year after year, for a guy to play a 16, now 17 game NFL season year after year, there's a genetic component to that. The average person. It's not only that we're not good enough in the sport to play at that level. For a lot of us, we couldn't do it physically. You couldn't take that pounding year after year after year, week after week after week. And so you wonder, I mean, maybe physically he's just not durable enough. And that's unfortunate if that's the case. I'm not declaring that it definitely is. But certainly that's been the case thus far. And so my only concern about Carson Wentz in Indianapolis is his health. It's nothing else. I know he, he lacks some intangibles, 
in Philadelphia. So hopefully he'll become a better leader uh, in the locker room. But mainly I'm just concerned about his health. If he's healthy, I think he's going to do good things in Indianapolis. Definitely be really exciting. We'd like to see more faith-filled men do it for a spectrum time. But, Chris, before we go, we'd definitely like to have you on again to preview the season because, like you said, you know you're never going to meet somebody more passionate in football than myself. But, uh, Chris, uh, do you have any, like, final shout-outs or things, of course, that you're working on or potential future projects or anything else? Well, I'll just say that um, if you want to learn more about the King Movement, you can check out our website at kingmovement.com. You, or you can email us at king at kingmovement.com. I do speak at churches throughout the country, uh, schools, corporations, etc. If you're interested in having me speak, you can go to Chris Broussard Speaks, Chris Broussard Speaks.com and, uh, you know, book me to speak. And I love to come to your church and share uh, the word of the Lord. The most important thing on the planet. But Chris, thank you for coming on. I apologize for that. But we'll definitely have you on to preview the NFL season because you'll definitely have met somebody that is passionate in sports as yourself. But thank you so much for coming on, Chris. And that link down below will be for the key moment for people to check out. Thank you so much, Chris. All right, my man. Keep up the good work, man. I like your style. Thanks. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And no player should have that much control over an organization. Well, last time I checked, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. How did he get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? Talking about, you know, wanting to inspire and, and like, I'm inspired right now. I want to run through a brick wall for you right now. I Cutthroat. It's very... You know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show.